0: Welcome back to The Talking Hedge. I'm Josh Kincaid, Capital Markets Analyst and host of your Cannabis Business Podcast.
1: So what we're doing now is, uh, we're gonna have each committee uh, come on up and talk about what the committee is and if you want to get involved uh, in in that committee. It's a great way to have uh, mild involvement, specifically in an area that you are particularly interested in. I'm going to bring uh, up Josh Kincaid, who is the chair of our Social Consumption Committee, and uh, uh, the work that has been done, and uh, where you're going. Thank you, Josh, for being here.
0: Yeah, thanks for having me. So we got to jump in the way, way back machine to get to our first committee meeting, which was half a decade ago. So the Coalition of Cannabis Standards and Ethics started a committee way back in July 2015, and that was in response to the amendment of House Bill 2136 that formally outlawed cannabis social lounges and marijuana clubs in Washington, making it a Class C felony for quote, any person to conduct or maintain a public place where marijuana is held or stored or consumption of marijuana is permitted. So this committee we met, uh, our first meeting was, um, I think May of last year, 2019. And so our intent was to address the needs for non-public areas providing opportunities for social consumption of cannabis and cannabis consumption opportunities would improve those circumstances for consumers and regulators, the cannabis industry and offering other benefits to the public with the bill intending for consumption area policies to incorporate the reduction of exposure Uh, to youth, uh, as well as providing a social equity program, business development, and needs for medical marijuana patients, including accountability and security. So our vision or our goal for the committee was to draft an ordinance to amend that class C felony and adopt provisions, establishing a business license category, also making that social use venue an exception to the Washington Clean Air Act. So just quickly going over kind of what we covered on the committee, we reviewed about eight different states' bills, starting with Las Vegas. Our first sesh or our first meeting was way back on May 16th, 2019. So we looked at Nevada. They had a, a good social use model that we modeled our uh, cannabis lounge on, but they had on-site sales that was way too, too much. So we threw that out, obviously threw out liquor because they want to sell alcohol at the same time um and then so moving on to the next bill alaska was really good a lot of what we the inspiration we took came from alaska um but we decided not to add local governments from being able to apply for a license for some reason alaska thought that would be a good idea um the next meeting we had was on new jersey and we talked about um how New Jersey had uh, an exemption for the Clean Air Act. We liked that, obviously. They were going to allow butane torches, so we kind of threw that out, um, too much liability or risk. Um, And so New Jersey had said that the bill would exempt them from the Smoke-Free Air Act. Uh, Colorado was the next bill, and they were exempt from the Colorado Clean Air Act as well. So that was some verbiage that we kind of pulled out. Uh, We looked at California. And so, you know, Chuck's whole thing on education was kind of why we looked at the safe injection bill for San Francisco, just on the requirements for potential education requirements, like worst case scenario. We also looked at West Hollywood's bill and California's consumption lounge. They again wanted on site sales. We said, no, no, keep it streamlined, keep it easy. Uh, We finalized the fee schedule, and so that's going to adhere to all retailer fees and uh, distances, so 1,000 feet from from parks and schools, as well as any fees. We're just going to copy retailer fees. Oregon's bill uh, we reviewed on July 24th of last year, and that was a really good bill. And so, again, we modeled a lot of what we took from Alaska and Oregon, And temporary event licenses and tours, going back to Vivian's uh, issue, I think this might, we're going to need some more help uh, from, you know, Vivian and and anybody else, Levi Lyon, whoever else wants to give us some input. Um, I'll get to that in a sec. Um, Illinois was a really large bill, only a portion of it was about cannabis, but they had a really good piece on social equity So our seventh meeting on Illinois, we talked a lot about uh, medical patients, small business uh, development, and then social equity. We tried to talk about Massachusetts, but they didn't really have anything to talk about. And so we just started drafting that bill. We spent the next few meetings um, drafting that and then finally went down to Olympia with me and Dawn and uh, Bailey and drafted that in Tacoma um, on September 22nd. So we all thought the bill was great. And then I met with Laura and Laura's like, this doesn't make sense. And so after she explained it, yeah, it really didn't make sense. So Laura really hooked us up. Um, we submitted it the 27th of September last year. I met with Laura towards the end of October and then, um, finalized it. So we did a lot of editing. So shout out to Laura for really helping us make sense of it. The areas that we need improvement on are tours and temporary licenses. So again, anybody, you know, whether it's Vivian or or Levi or whoever else has a vested interest, we need to kind of improve on that. And then vision for the future. Post-COVID, we have to pivot with social distancing and the potential for no events if the fall turns to be, you know, no events and everything gets closed as soon as the flu hits, we have to kind of be prepared for that. So giving these entrepreneurs all the tools and resources that they can use is critical. And part of that is adding non-cannabis products like food and beverages to be able to be sold. So again, giving them as many opportunities to generate revenue as possible ways you guys can get involved. I need a project manager essentially to put together the driving and marijuana Um, We're going to have a lot of headwinds on that. So Kevin of Washington Normal has some information. Uh, Danielle with the Ellensburg Impaired Study. She's got some good info. Nick Loverich of the UW Impaired Driving Study. And also contacting lobbyist groups, Lyft, Uber, and local legislators. And so if you want to get involved, I can uh, put my contact info in there. You can get a a hold of me or Jason Lammers, who is also a member and then if you guys want to schedule a time, I will put um, a calendar invite in there as well. If you wanna talk on the Talking Hedge about what you guys got going on, or the Marijuana Lounge, more than uh, willing to talk to you guys about that. Any questions? And I have no doubt that this is gonna be pushed back. I think that delivery is obviously gonna get fast-tracked. This has made no movement in the last nine months. And to be candid, I don't expect it to in the next nine months. But it gives us a lot of time to uh, draft what we want and get it perfect, uh, perfected.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know that's obviously what we all have to do all the time in this industry, and now the rest of the world is just stick and move. And um, this is a great time to make this legislation really, really tight and perfect. So, thank you very much, Josh. Um, we've got uh, ways to connect with Josh and other members of the committee. In the chat, if anybody um, has any questions. So those are our committees, everyone. Um, and um, Josh, why don't you come on back up? By the way, you have the best like camera, lighting, backdrop setup I think I've ever seen. It's very. Um,
0: uh, it, it helps if you have a podcast studio. Yeah, <laughs> perfect. Um, so real quick, uh, earlier this week I was approached, well, first off, so I, I work with the World Trade Center in Tacoma on their export store. It's an e-commerce platform and it's opened up a lot of doors. So earlier this week I was contacted by the um, Goodwill Ambassador in Guam for Micronesia and Saipan. So all three of those areas are interested in three separate bills for um, cannabis. Micronesia, we're going to have to write another one for CBD. So we're, we're doing that, but all three areas are interested in uh, CBD and cannabis. And we have uh, an entryway into um, getting it passed. And so if anyone's interested, I can get eight people to fly out there. It's 10,000 per person. And you get, a week, it's Friday to Friday, and you'll meet all the um, government officials that you need to, as well as viewing the farms. And there's a lot of government opportunities. So on every single island in Micronesia, they have an office for small business development with grants and loans and opportunities. So uh, while it's not ideal location, it's a dollar sixty seven for minimum wage in Micronesia. So we're looking at export opportunities to the far east so that's really the the play on that as well as the 14 billion dollars being put into guam to move um okinawa's uh, military base in japan to guam so that's going to give you first access to get as close to there as as you want if you have a cbd shop or whatever just kind of planting that seed if anybody's interested let me know guam saipan micronesia thanks
1: wonderful thank you so much josh
2: we are challenging the constitutionality of Washington State's uh restrictions on advertising for licensed cannabis businesses. Um and uh we are in appellate court right now on appeal. We are just coming off of another win uh in appellate court from a different case uh where we went against the city of Seattle for um their targeting Seattle Hempfest's membership program, uh saying that we were operating a marijuana business without a license. Uh, which we just beat them on constitutional grounds. Um, and so Douglas, do you want to touch very quickly on, on this case and what the uh, what the, the legal uh, arguments are? Um, well, yeah, real quickly, in the city case, I did the trial
3: in the city case, um, the, uh, the city case at, at the hearing exam level and we lost because there were constitutional issues when we went up to Superior Court for appeal. We won. Um, your Alliance members may want to stay tuned because we filed a motion for clarification. The entire city's regulatory scheme at, six, at, at the SMC, Seattle Municipal Code 6.5, which regulates marijuana businesses, that entire code section is unconstitutional, and it's unenforceable, and it it's, it's dead. Um, they can't cite you. They can't write you citations. They can't do anything. We expect it doesn't look like the city appeal But we filed a motion to clarify because uh, we want to get protection for everybody. And that case is like on hold. HempFest does a lot of work um, for, you know, the cannabis movement in general. And that was just part of it. The other lawsuit that we have that you guys are very interested in or should be very interested in is one that Fred Diamondstone um, and I did. Like we started it last summer. And this is the same lawsuit that got rid of, that got the injunction, that got rid of applying the LCB's, um, you know, draconian standards at Hempfest last year. So now we filed a motion to reconsider with the court, which we're sure they're going to deny, um, and and we'll go and we'll wind up having to go back <laughs> up on appeal. When we go back up on appeal, that's where the rubber really meets the road. We will try to go probably straight to the Supreme Court because everybody will appeal if they lose at the Court of Appeals, so we'll try to go straight to the Supreme Court. And the impact on cannabis businesses, all of your Alliance members would benefit hugely if we're able to win this case. Right now, cannabis businesses are treated as second-class citizens They don't have the same advertising rights as alcohol. They don't have the same advertising rights as anything. And we have the (laughs) Supreme Court. We have the right state Supreme Court. And we believe we can get you guys to a situation where you're going to be much freer to advertise and and to to put virtually any type of advertising out. Especially, it helps you. It helps Hempfest because it allows you to advertise at Hempfest and it allows you to advertise outside of that place and will help cannabis businesses everywhere because it will eliminate the restrictions, the 1,000 foot rule, that kind of thing, those restrictions that they put on your speech. And that's, you know, in essence what we're trying to do. I'd be happy to answer any questions, but this is just so important. Um, I've worked on a lot of cases. I've worked on a lot of appeals. I've worked on a lot of things with Fred but I feel so strongly about this appeal. I asked if I could address you guys today because we are begging for help um, financially to get this thing up. There are appellate attorneys that if we can get the money together to hire them, they would really add weight to this case. They would be worth every penny at the Supreme Court. The lawyer we have in mind is named Jim Lobsense. He's done First Amendment cases for a long time. He's an old dog like me and Fred. But, you know, it's good to have that kind of appeal team going up for you. It just increases your chances of winning a lot. I think this could be a seminal case because of the U.S. Supreme Court involvement. And I just think it's an opportunity we really can't afford to, to pass by. It would really, really help the industry out and it would really, really help Hempfest out. Yeah, if I could just add, in a, in a normal world,
1: Hempfest would be able to shoulder the, this burden on our own, but because of the COVID-19
2: pandemic, to say that our resources are compromised would be a, uh, an understatement. <laughs> we have zero revenue coming in right now and, and we're, we're unprecedentedly in debt, um, so we are seeking for the first time ever we're actually seeking outside uh financial support so that we can win this for, for the whole movement for everybody and we felt very confident uh in this case especially with the robo call uh, ruling that just came in which really bolstered our argument is the exact <laughs> one on the exact same argument that we're using
3: yeah it's just it's just it's just such synchronicity it, it, it's just—it's unreal. I can't think, but—but but help. It's—it's it's the universe saying, "Hey, you know." It's just—it it never happened. I've never—I've never had it happen in any case I've ever been involved with. It's just awesome when, you know, the federal law is supreme on this issue. You know, the Supreme Court comes in behind you. That's kind of the end of the argument in a lot of ways. And I can't see a way, frankly, that we would lose on this. And if we did, we would probably wind up jumping to federal court next year and then winning. So I just can't see a bad outcome for this particular case. It's rare. And anybody that knows me uh, personally knows, you know, I'm Scottish and, and, and
2: pessimistic as hell. And I'm, I'm never optimistic and, uh, about anything. And I'm optimistic about this, I, I really think. Uh, Fred said a home run here and the timing and everything is really good. Yeah. I want to thank Lisa, Lisa Buchanan for saying where should we send the money, which is very important. And I just, there oh, is thank a you. Hemp you. there's a separate, Go, we, Hemp Best has its own GoFundMe account, but this is a, a separate one, which is earmarked just for this case. Um, and I just put the link in there. Of course, if somebody would rather just put send a check directly, uh, you can contact either one of us um, as yep. well I could direct you to, to Fred. There are rules,
3: anybody that has concerns about how the money is handled, we don't get paid, we're not getting paid, uh, the, the, the HempFest lawyers. There'll be another lawyer that does, hopefully, and that's Jim Watson's. But, um, you know, there's no, you can give money to Fred, you can give money to me, you can give money to HempFest, you can do it any way you want, the money is going to get to the lawyer. Um, and, and, you know, we're controlled by rules on all of that. So, uh, in addition to our own ethics, um, there's a real assurance that the money goes exactly where it's supposed to. And in this case, and I've done these before, I did a GoFundMe. Some may remember we went to the Supreme Court for cannabis businesses on the Nickerson case and stuff like that. And I've done the same thing before. Um, and, it, and it works pretty well. Um, but the, the, this case, I think you're going to see litigation in other states that have advertising restrictions on cannabis. Um, I've talked to Brian Vicente in, in Colorado. Uh, the St. Mary knows about this. Um, they may try to help out with some fundraising as well. Um, everybody's in a, just a disastrous situation because of the economy generally. But we really got to get this case up, and I just think it's critical for you guys. It's an opportunity to to, to just take a hammer and smash that <coughs> smash that glass ceiling that's 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 keeping us down and keeping us on uneven footing. I mean, without advertising. Uh, you don't have a business in the modern era. so I, I mean you just don't. And uh, advertising is everything. net advertising, billboard advertising is everything. and and you know you can't you can't restrict it. They can't do this to you guys. and it, it's just it's not
2: right. So we're about you know? we're about eight minutes in on this. I want to make sure that if anybody has some more questions, but uh, I' in the general chat. I think it might be going out in the newsletter as well. Yeah, uh,
1: um, and there's a couple of ways to ask questions. Uh, You can uh, everybody can go to the Q and A, and you can put your question in there, and that allows people to upvote. You can put the question in the chat. Um, Thank you, Lisa. uh, Money. You can also, if you go to participants, you may raise your hand if you feel that you've got a great question for everybody. Um, you may raise your hand and we can bring you up on stage for, to ask your questions. So we'll provide a moment for people to poke around and figure out how to do that.
2: Yeah, we really appreciate the opportunity to uh, make the pitch here. And to me and just the whole community, if you go to Fremont Fair, they have the Red Hook stage, which has two giant 12 foot banners on both sides of pictures of a Red Hook beer bottle. Um, and then directly across from the Red Hook stage is the beer garden, um and and we think that cannabis should have a level playing field uh and this industry should have the same opportunities to be, be revitalized um do you see that question uh Douglas? do you have a, um, link a reference number yes if you
4: well if you're an attorney i, I can get i don't have the uh, the link right here now if you're a lawyer asking that question you can get on um the Thurston County uh you can get on the Thurston County
3: docket and actually see um that we're in front of uh Judge Lineste, uh, Chris Liness, L-A-N-E-S-S-E. Um, and we're on that docket. There'll be a case number, there'll be a new uh reference to it. the, the we have until I think they they goofed around with us and they haven't entered the final order. Uh, we're arguing we're arguing over everything in this case. Let's just say that. So now we're arguing over the fact that the judge hasn't signed our order, which allows us to appeal. Technically, he hasn't started it running yet, or if he has, we you know there's a procedural fight going on here too. So um, we have probably until September, I think third or something. Fred's doing the calculation on that to actually get the appeal filed. Um, so this is why we're trying so hard to raise money during this time so we can get a lawyer like Jim Loudsense to put his name on it and commit to going up with us to the Supreme Court. And then will procedurally, we will try to leap the Supreme Court, but I can um, send the case name. Obviously, it's, it's Hempfest And uh, John Davis, when we were doing the suit, uh, was kind enough to put his business on the suit to give us additional standing him being on the suit stands
2: for all of you guys it brings all of you along um, with the suit because you're all standing there with him and then he's standing with us and we you know argued the relationship between us and your relationship to the public and all of that stuff is you know important um, and and gives us standing and so you um, the case name is like Hempfest and John's business against you know the state. and I'm, I'm, I'm Vivian at Hempfest.org Vivian at Hempfest.org you can email me and, and I can get that <laughs> yep we send sent it right to you and it's it's we've been you know chopping on this for a while like I said we filed the injunction stuff that's you know I'm more on the injunction but that's uh that's what
1: you know we needed to Get done to fix HempFest last summer. This is moving forward. This is what fixes the problem for you guys forever. It's a permanent solution. Great. So I am not seeing any additional questions. Um, and I did just drop Vivian's email into the general chat. Um, so if you want to get into the weeds and you don't necessarily want to do so right now, please feel free to give him a him a shout out. And
3: yeah, you can. And I'll just tell you guys right now. Um, you know, my phone number uh, is 206-816-9645. <clears throat> it's the one you just heard ringing a while ago. Uh, um, and you could anybody that wants to talk about this can call me. Tell me they're an alliance member or whatever, and I'll talk to them as long as they want. I'll answer any questions that you you have about it. I'll tell you more specifics about the money involved, all of that kind of stuff. These lawsuits are incredibly important, but they're incredibly expensive. And even if I don't take any money and Fred doesn't take any money and we do it pro bono, even if we do it pro bono, the court reporter, right? The court reporter's cost, preparing the record for a single hearing can cost more than $5,000. So, You know, that's the kind of thing we run into, even when we donate our time and and effort and everything.
2: It's still, there are still huge costs and, you know, that's not fair and it shouldn't be that way. And when you're vindicating constitutional rights like you guys are, and we are, you know, you should get a break. But of course, you know, we don't do that. And That's a fight for another day, but that's what we're doing here, is we're fighting for constitutional rights for you guys, and and for us, and for everyone, but that's, that's expensive. And I'm happy to talk to anybody anytime about this. Thank you very much for the opportunity to make our presentation.
1: Yes, thank you both very much. uh We appreciate it. I have been seeing on social media folks starting to share that GoFundMe link and, and keep doing that. It really does make a difference when when the word gets out that way. So in addition to you donating yourselves, um, also continue can, can you to share the word. I, I want to point out that this uh, the
2: GoFundMe campaign on social media is a different one, and so if you want to give to the uh, lawsuit fund. You want to give to the link that i just put in the chat and i think it's going out in the newsletter because that is a separate that's earmarked just for the lawsuit otherwise otherwise the the money will be diverted to, to try to keep hemp alive because it's they're two different uh things and and we're gonna we're gonna try to win this whether Hempfest survives or not um, Caitlin, I thank you for putting up my phone number, but there's
3: a typo in it. It's 816 96 45. It's showing up on the screen as ninety eight forty five. 45. So yeah. I just wanted to correct that so they would actually get me and not some other schmuck.
1: Bill, do
3: you mind fixing that for me? Yeah. It was ninety six forty five Doug. Right. Yeah. It's 816 96 45. um, thank you guys so much and for anybody that can help Hempfest too i mean please do you know i don't think any of us would be having this conversation if it wasn't for that organization i i just i don't see how we can let the catalyst the engine the monster that drove everything the thing the government hates the most i don't see how we can let Hempfest go i think we really need to dig deep and i know everybody's hurting and, um, and 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 me too, I'm no rich lawyer, um, and I'm struggling to pay bills like everybody else. But this time, you know, we've got to dig deep because otherwise we're going to miss a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to effect change here. That's all there is to it. And we got to keep Memphis going because we're nowhere close to where we need to be. You guys aren't anywhere
1: close to free, and the drug war isn't over, and we need to keep going. We need to be marching with Mr. Lewis. Yeah yeah absolutely um and thank you for pointing that out i think we all know that none of us would be here if it wasn't for hempfest period end of story right. um and and so that's critical i want to thank both of you uh for coming up and we will make sure that uh we uh share any information uh that uh comes out of the lawsuit as it moves forward uh with the rest. Thank, thank you for, so much
3: yeah thank you thank so you, much. Much. you guys take care peace
1: Yeah. Okay, so state and legislative um, budget update. One of the things I wanted to let you guys know about, we um, were able to do a virtual farm tour uh, with a couple of legislators, and we had three farms that participated. It went really, really well, and we believe that that's a model that we'll be able to do again with more farms and more legislators. Um, And one of the exciting things that came out of it was one of the legislators said, you know, this was great. I would love to come see one in in person. And so that's going to be an opportunity for yet another touch uh, with legislators. And so uh, the hope is the more they get to know exactly what it is that we do and who we are uh, at all different levels, uh, that will help us with all of our legislative agenda moving forward in, in the winter um we are developing uh our pack so i know there's lots and lots of asks for money it is an election year um at, at this point we're we're doing small donations here and there but uh if you want to donate to the pack please reach out to me um or to jill and we'll make sure that uh that money is being put uh through the guidance of al uh our lobbyist and uh we'll make sure that that you- Um, I'm going to go ahead and bring Jason back on up to talk about sustainability and the sustainability committee. It used to be packaging and waste. Uh, However, it has now expanded its focus and uh, Jason and the committee have been doing some really exciting things this summer as well. So I'll turn it over to you, Jason. Hi, hey everybody. Uh, yeah, so what we have
4: done, I talked about, it, I think, briefly a little bit at our uh, one of our previous meetings, but we've kind of got everything formed now. Um, we've obviously tackled a few things in the packaging waste sector, um, but we really wanted to expand the sustainability uh, goal and in, in including a lot of other sectors because there's a lot of other opportunities for us to address. So we've already had some initial discussions with some great organizations like NEEC and uh, Resource Innovation Group out of Oregon. And so we're really looking at uh, coming up with some solutions on uh, energy efficiency standards. We're going to be looking at uh, some data collection to try to really come up with some good answers on on that front. And then we're ultimately going to try to come up with some some better efficiencies for our energy consumption. And so we're going to be tackling that issue. We also are going to be going into the bio-waste issue that we've been dealing with since we started legalization. Uh, I think every grower I've talked to hates that rule, and uh, it's just silly and wasteful. And so we're going to really try to tackle that, I think, hopefully in the 2021 legislative session. So... Uh, and then we're still going to do a packaging, which is, we're done, which is what we did. Um, you know, those are good first steps, but you know, our, our ultimate goal is a single use free plastic world in our, in our industry, uh, and ultimately in the world eventually. So, um, we're going to keep pushing forward for that agenda as well and so anytime we see opportunities to continue to address improvements in the packaging space we'll do that as well so uh, we'll have plenty of stuff on our plate to tackle so if there's if the packaging stuff wasn't a huge interest for you in the past but you're really passionate about energy or you're really passionate about getting the bio waste issue dealt with uh, those are all subjects we're going to be tackling now and we're going to be coming together with our group uh probably early september to kind of reform and kind of tackle these issues we've got some some great action items to kind of tackle on the energy front as well as start to look at the bio waste issues for 2021. So if anybody's interested, I will put my information in the chat and I would love to have you guys join. Thank you, Jason.
0: bye back. With that, we're going to roll this one up. I'm Josh Kincaid. This is The Talking Hedge. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe or don't. And I'm out.
1: Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows.